Okay, guys, where is the property market going? Are we heading for a property market crash? QVT! Okay, guys, welcome to this midweek show for the Fife Property Market. Um, we're going to be talking today about the Fife Property Market itself, and there seems to be this doom and gloom in the media right now that we're heading for a recession. It's all going to fall apart, and the world's falling in. <laughs> true, eh? <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. That's certainly what everyone seems to be saying and hearing. So... This is the we're, we're talking about this period of the day. I mean, eight point. I mean, it's not a, it's not a huge figure in context, but when we go through the numbers, we'll see where things are going in terms of the property market itself overall in the UK and also in Fife. You know, we we put this generally we talk about the UK, but we make it quite unique to Fife and in, in perspective of putting some of the statistics in for our area. Um, but this is this is where we are right now. Eight point one percent of Fife property sellers are reducing their asking prices now as the property market starts to return to an equilibrium, which means it's levelling out, really. Um, do, do we see that happening so far? I think we do. Um, I think the other addition to that is that we are starting to see the average weekly amount of properties increase, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 143 properties um, of the 1,762 properties brought into the market in Fife in the last three months. So that's the 1,762 properties are bought in the last three months, but 143 of them are actually having a price reduction, which represents the 8.1%. The average reduction, however, has been 6% of the original asking price. And, but the great news is for Fife home buyers and Fife buy to let landlords is strangely Fife house sellers as well. I mean, it's great news overall. Um, and, and and I kind of think, well, wait a minute, price reduction? How's that great news? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a price reduction if they're selling? Um, but I mean, the last couple, but, but we know ourselves, haven't we? The last couple of years in the Fife property market, I've seen some amazing prices uh, being achieved in the multiple offers and many properties selling way over the asking price. What do you think has driven that, Perry? Yeah, I think we absolutely do. And I think the COVID lockdown had a big... I was away to say, that. I was away to say, I'll give you a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely had a, a major knock-on effect, didn't it? And I think there was a complete life evaluation going on with everyone, wasn't there? And people yeah. understood either where they were living wasn't their dream home or where they wanted to be wasn't in the location they currently were. Um Actually, also families all living together and maybe looking to give each other space and moving home, doing that. Um, and I think there was just seemed to be such a small amount of property coming on as well that actually then you had so many individuals going for one property and that drives the price, doesn't it, as we know? That's restriction supply, isn't it? Yeah. Severe restriction supply. So I've just done an article the other day, and I'll not give too much about it for the courier. They're actually putting an article about um, about where I see the property market right now in about 300 uh, um, words. Um, so I've actually put something together for the courier. It'll be out in the next week or two um, in terms of where I see the market and the reasons why I see it like that. So we'll 
we'll cover some of that in here, but I don't want to steal their thunder because it's obviously their article and I like to write uniquely for them. Um, so it's not then duplicated over and over again. Um, so quick good afternoon to Angela. Angela, good afternoon. How are you? Hope you're enjoying your holiday. Um, and uh, if you're out there, if you want to ask any questions, please feel free to jump in, ask any questions, make any comments. Uh, more than welcome to take your comments on your questions. Um, and uh, show some love, share that post, tag people in, and uh, even like and whatever you want to do. Uh, you might just want to switch it off and think they're talking rubbish. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my thoughts and process about writing about this, about the five property market itself for the last three weeks, the tide has begun to turn. Um, the pendulum swings to... Um, more towards a balanced Fife property market as more homeowners in Fife area have reduced their asking prices. Now, this is a lot more than it was the year before because that's what I did for the courier. I looked at the year before compared to now and, and the difference it was. And, and I've told them what that statistic is and the reasons why. Um, so why are we no, why are we not going to see why are we not going to see a property crash? Well, I don't think we're seeing a property crash as such. We're just seeing a bit of a realignment, Jim, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. See see what I see here. Um, this is one of the unique things. Uh, this is when I come back to this thing about the, the average salary versus the average house price. Now, in the rest of the UK, the average house price is 354,000, I mean, that's for a house on average. That's average. So that's a midpoint. Some people are paying way above that. Some people have been just below that. So that's right through the UK, but the average salary in the UK is around about the 30,000 mark. So mm -hmm. therefore, you're around about almost 11 or 12 times your salary in order to buy a house like that. This is a strong indicator of how how resilient an area is, because if you take that right down to Scotland, the average house price in Scotland is around about the 240 to 250,000 mark. Now that, the average salary in Scotland is round about, guess what? 30,000. Yep, you guessed it. Um, so you're around about eight times the salary. So that tells you straight away that Scotland's still more affordable with the people that are in the same amount of money. Um, mm -hmm. So it's probably more affordable to live in Scotland. Probably better, to be honest. Welcome to God's country. <laughs> um, and even better, um, Fife. Wait till you hear about Fife. The average house price in Fife is around about 180,000, which means it's times because the average salary in Fife is, guess what? Surprise, surprise, 30,000. Mm -hmm. So it's six times the multiplier. So it's easier, it's almost it's almost 50% easier to buy a property in Fife than it is in the whole of the UK, if you take that into account, because it's like 180 is about half of the 360, 350, 360 it is in the UK for average house prices. Mm -hmm. So it still makes Fife more affordable to live in and work in and actually and actually earn the same amount of money. So why on earth would you want to go down to London or anywhere else or live in places that cost a huge amount of money to live? And I think that's where Fife is going to be so more resilient because we are a more affordable area to live. I mean, one to six affordability level is a fantastic level to be. And I think the realignment, as you said, I think Fife's still got a lot to go. I mean, I did predict a certain amount and I'll know again I'll know steal the thunder what I did predict in terms of house price increases. But you know, could we see double digit figures this year? I mean, could it be? It might be possible. It might mm -hmm. be possible. You never know. We'll see towards the end of the year. But I think it's the other I think it's near enough that 
Um, mm-hmm. I think I've, I've got a, I've not got a crystal ball, and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I, and I certainly don't see. I mean, inflation's going to go up probably. It's at nine percent now or something like that. But but remember, inflation's been at record levels for the last thirty years, record low levels. So mm-hmm. when you look at that, you think, well, it's obviously it's time that's come just to correct itself. Um, so I see it as a short term thing. Um, short term, I mean, a, a year to two years, because it, once it plateaus. It's got to come down at some point in time because there's pressure now on all these different organisations from the government to actually reduce prices. I mean, they're talking about today about how the supermarkets and the retailers should actually be reducing their prices to help inflation. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so who's going to pay for that? <laughs> exactly. It's going to hit somebody, isn't it? I'm going to be paid for it. Sorry. Um, are you paying for that, Mr. Government? Boris, mm-hmm. with your millions? And Sunni Rushak, <laughs> we are one of the richest guys in Britain. Uh, no, you're not paying for it. So how on earth could you tell anybody else that they need to have some restraint and tolerance when they're actually struggling and you're not? Yeah. But that's again... I think it's like everything else though, Jim, isn't it? I mean, the header of when we went into the show was 8.1% of five property sellers reduced their asking price. When you see that headline, you think that's a big issue, isn't it? You think 8.1%, that's massive. But actually, when we go through the show, we demonstrate what that actually really looks like in real terms. I think you'll actually see that actually in some areas that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is to a degree. And, and this will be interesting statistics to look at um, because of the of the 1,762 properties for sale in Fife, 143 have been reduced in the last three months. Let me show you the, the graphic actually um, so I can break that down into numbers um, so it gives you an idea about where that is. So there's the price reductions itself. So about uh, zero to 50,000, you've got three. Um, uh, 50 to 100,000, you've got 31. 100 to 150,000 got 19, 150 to 200,000 got 19, 200, uh, 200 to 250 you got 20. So you can see it's all this midpoint. See that, mm-hmm. round about 50,000 yeah. to round about 250,000. That, that's where the majority of these price reductions are, which means, and, and then you've got the other ones which are only that much. Now, proportionally, it probably is that. It probably is about the same number all the way through because remember, there'll probably be more houses for sale around about the hundred and fifty to hundred yeah. to two hundred thousand mark than there is probably about the seven fifty to one million. So proportionally, be the same. But you can see there's a lot in the lower band range, um, mm-hmm. which means possibly that it's 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 an affordability issue, um, a, a definitely affordability issue, which it comes down to. Um, but I, 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 I'm often, I'm, I'm thinking, how, how would it be an affordability issue um, if you've got most people are actually taking fixed rate mortgages? Um, is, do you think it's driven by fear? I think there is a little bit of that, to be honest with you. I mean, certainly, I think that, let's be honest, the last 12 months has been unprecedented, hasn't it? And we've seen property yeah. being sold for social media. We've seen property selling within one or two days. We've seen, you know, if it starts to be there for more than a fortnight, it's getting described as sticky, you know? So I think that what we're seeing now is people still anticipating that that will continue when actually there's more property coming to market. So buyers have got more choice and therefore they're taking maybe a bit longer to take a decision, aren't they? So it's not necessarily that anything has changed in regards to the value of that house, but I think it's the people, the seller's expectations perhaps have changed. I I was talking to somebody the other day and says like, okay, let's get it on the market. And they said to me, do you think it'll go to a closing date? And I'm like, I've not even got it on the market. I've not even I've not even asked anybody. I've not I've not even marketed. I've not even done a pre-portal. No one knows. And I'm getting asked straight away. I think it'll go to a closing date. How much do you think I'll get for it? And it's like, wait, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
um, you know, managing expectations. Before the pandemic, um, we were almost a three months before you would sell a property. Mm-hmm. Now there's an expectation. It's almost like people expect it in three days. Yeah. So uh, do you think it's a case that actually people having to manage their expectations a bit more, a bit more real, be more realistic in terms of that? I think it is about that. I think at the outset, it's about doing that. I think historically, you know, we've been on shows ourselves, Jim, haven't we? And we've talked about shortage of, of property. And so, you know, there's supply and demand again. But I think the reality is, I think that some people maybe have waited and waited and waited. And then there's maybe seeing all these news programs and they're suddenly thinking, hang on, I best get mine going now because I'm starting yeah. to panic because maybe I'm not going to get the price I was hoping for. And therefore they put on quickly and because they've got a heightened feeling about it themselves. Yeah. That's causing that rush, isn't it? So I think it is about that introductory discussion about managing how this will work about the end result yeah. and timelines that will be associated Absolutely. with that. And subsequently as well, the people that want to put their house in the market as well, then you've got the buyers as well saying, maybe I should put off my buying just now. So yeah. so as maybe I should delay it a bit to see what things happen. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should decide in a, in a month rather than now. Um, and just put off my plans a wee bit to see what happens with the economy. A, a classic example of that is like I'm thinking I need to put money in my pension fund. I need to know I know how much I need to put in, and it has to be before the end of the tax year in March next year. But I keep looking at the the fund, and I keep thinking, at what point should I put the money in? <laughs> it's maybe I'll go a wee bit lower. Maybe I'll go a wee bit higher. Maybe I'll go a wee bit lower. And I'm thinking, God, it's like you know, as Warren Buffett says, if it's long term, just put the damn money in. It'll not make any difference. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, isn't it? And we're going on to talk about that just now as well. And it is about what what your plan is. If you're thinking that you're just going to be moving for two or three years, then there's different decisions to be made. If you're going for your family home, then actually it doesn't really matter if you do it now. Just go for it because it's going to be your family home. So take it while you can have it. Yeah. Um, let's quickly have a look at Zoopla, actually, because um, I like to look at Zoopla, see how many properties are on the market at this point in time, because we talk about oversupply and undersupply. Um, so um, roughly, we're probably for the last, uh, probably for the last couple of years, we've actually been sitting about 500 to 550 right across Fife for sale with every single estate agent. Um, so we'll just have a look now to see where we are in terms of the numbers. Uh, there we are. Um, if that's going to come up, all right, 622. So there's another 70 properties on average over um, over the amount of, amount is for for there. So really, if it's 550 and there's another 70 on there, um, you're probably talking about more than a 12% increase yeah. in terms of the number. So the number, the, the amount of stock is actually increased by about 12% um, overall um, in the market. Now, if we list um, of, of all estate agents, roughly all estate agents are around about six and a half thousand properties a year. Um, if you take six and a half thousand and divide it by six two two, um, I'll just quickly do that number. Um, so six two two divided by six five zero equals that uh, times twelve equals yeah, and divided by uh, yeah, it's roughly taking about five weeks to sell now. If that's the case. So rather than taking what is 28 days, I know it doesn't sound a lot, but in the in the context of people thinking their house will sell within a week, it's now taken another week um, over and mm-hmm. above that. So it's taken a wee bit longer than usual. And um, the reason I did that is because it, it, the, if, if you say, for example, you've got six and a half thousand properties sold uh, every single year with every single estate agent in Fife, and say, for example, um, there was 3,250 properties on the market available at this point in time, that would then say to us that 
it would take six months to sell all that stock um, on average because that's, that's half of that stock for the whole year. So half of the year is six months. So that's how they work out the averages of what it is. So that's why I'm taking the 622 and dividing it to get a percentage and then multiplying it so I can get the actual number of months or weeks it will actually take to sell. Where I was doing it at 550, it was 550 divided by the same number times the same weeks, and that's how it was a wee bit less in terms of the numbers. So hopefully that will give everybody an insight into, into how you calculate the average time to sell a property in general overall. Um, um, I've got a, a – Joe's actually asked me a quick question here. Uh, is it more difficult to buy in Scotland, Fife, compared to England? Um, um, I find it more difficult to buy in Scotland, Fife, Scotland, because this is because it offers over and closing dates. Mm, okay. Um, quite an interesting one, Joe. Um, uh, most people actually say it's easier to buy in Scotland. Um, the reason because is you know where you are, whereas England tends to be uh, somebody could come in at the last minute and just goes up you. Um, whereas Scotland, once the offer is accepted, um, it's done and dusted and no one else can come in and actually offer and actually get that house off you. So, uh, you know, I understand probably from your point of view, possibly as a buyer, uh, you find it more difficult because of that system. It doesn't really accommodate you, but it does accommodate a seller because it gives them pure certainty, where it's more difficult for a buyer because then, they, then once that's bought, they don't even have a chance to even get it. And often what we're finding, Joe, that um, mo a lot of properties are actually are actually almost bought within within the first week, or even even before we even get onto a portal. Uh, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna release Inham Park, aren't we, Perry? Uh, yeah. But Inham Park is actually sold. You know that was that was going on at five hundred fifty thousand, and that was sold actually before it even got on a website. A deal was done straight away, an offer they couldn't refuse. Um, so the the deal was done and dusted. So it's actually going to go on and say, by the way, if you thought you were going to get this, you're too late. You missed out. You should have registered with us. We would have been able to tell you the fact that it's coming on prior in advance to it coming on, and therefore it would have worked for you. Um, so, Joe, my advice to you, if you're not registered with us, uh, then register with us to make sure that anything that does come on in your criteria, um, you'll possibly get notified by it first before it actually hits any website. Uh, therefore, you could be the first person in that door, and you could make an offer that someone can't refuse. Therefore, make a lot easier um, because you would possibly avoid a closing date. That's it. Okay, incidentally, Joe, just a wee quick tip. I know closing dates are finite points in time, um, but they're actually not illegal. <laughs> they're not legal. They're not. They're just. A, they're just a time to force everybody's hand to say that's when it is. So it's an ethical thing more than anything. So if you did see a property you really, really wanted and you missed a closing date, it's possible that you might actually still be able to get in there. I'm not saying that that's what you should do, but but there is a possibility. Um, for that, um, but let's talk about let's talk about and um, let's carry on with this. So, why is it important, and why is it the good news even for five house sellers? Well, the property industry statistics show that five out of six houses sellers uh, will buy uh, sellers will buy another property, and over eight percent of these sellers will move up the property ladder. So they're going up; they're not going down. Uh, so when you move up the property ladder, uh, that normally means that you pay more for more for the one you want to move to, and that's why they call it the property ladder, because you're going up. Um, so whilst you won't be getting as much for years uh, as you might have done earlier in the year, you won't have to pay as much if it reduced for the one that you're just about to buy. And if you're paying a lot more than for that's reduced, the proportional effect is you're saving more money on the larger property as opposed to losing a wee bit of money on your smaller property. 
So the incremental increase is actually better in, in favor of you as a buyer when you upgrade. Um, that's how that means. Does that make sense, Perry? It does. And effectively what it means is actually that you're going to be financially better off because the difference that you'll pay is going to be smaller, isn't it? So it doesn't harm you. Therefore, therefore, what is the level of reduction seen in the five property market? As we said, the average price reduction in the five areas around about the 6% level. That's pretty good when you think about it because that's um, in terms of um, every 100,000, you're talking about a six grand decrease. I think it's I think we need to be clear on that though as well though Jim what we're saying here is not that your value of your property has gone down by six yes. percent um you know I think that that we must stress that it's really just about what we're saying the asking price of a property would be not necessarily yeah. that that's what it's about so if your property was on the market for a hundred thousand offers over potentially you'd probably end up with offers over at ninety four thousand that's where we are really isn't it yeah yeah, makes sense. So that's the good news for the first time. It's also good news for the first time buyers and landlords as they will be more likely to buy a property at a more reasonable price because um, the numbers will work for them. First time buyers, the main difficulty for first time buyers tends to be um, they don't have enough over and above the home report value to actually contribute towards paying additional money um, than everyone else. So that's what that's what precludes them because they can only get a mortgage up to the home report value. So any additional amount over that you, you want as a seller um, a first-time buyer usually can't afford that. Um, mm -hmm. Typically, for a landlord, it's only if the numbers work. I mean, I've seen mm -hmm. myself, you know, where a home report value a certain amount, and actually quite happy to pay more than the home report value if the numbers work, or the home report value are below, and it's just all—it's just a calculation. Um, mm -hmm. If it if it works, you'll you'll get it. Um, so, whilst I've explained that's also good news for the sellers, as most of them will end up paying less for the higher-priced property, they'll end up buying there, uh, buying after they sell theirs. Uh, so what should five homeowners, uh, Perry, what should five homeowners be aware of if they're selling their home now or even in the future? I think it's important that they understand the real story, isn't it? And that they really get the full picture of where we are and they don't get lost in the headlines, as we said yeah. earlier. Um, you know, we talk about that 6% reduction, but if you think about shows that we just did a couple of weeks ago, over the last 12 months, five property has increased by 16%. So the reality is you're no worse off. The chances are you didn't buy 12 months ago and going to sell now. Um, so, you know, this is a longer term perspective, isn't it? Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a brilliant point. That's a, that's a really interesting point. Could I just stay on that point for a while? Yeah. Uh, you do get that, don't you, where, where owners, and they've been in their house for maybe about 30 years, and you put it on the market, the home report set, and it's like, I'm not accepting anything unless it's X amount over the home report. And then you're thinking to yourself, well, okay, but where are you going? And you're expecting someone else to reduce their price for you, but you don't want to reduce their, your price for yourself. And you're stuck in, you're almost stuck in uh, limbo because mm -hmm. of that. But if you've mm -hmm. been living in it for that long, it's completely irrelevant. Um, when it comes when it when it's when the reality comes through because because you're actually still making a, a significant amount on it to actually upgrade. Classic example is the well, let's take uh let's take the ones in St. Monans. You know, what about all the wee bungalows in St. Monans that were sold off? Yeah. I mean, when you look at them, they were sold off maybe about a year or two years ago, possibly. Um now they were sold off a two-bedroom semi-detached bungalow, brand new build, was round about the hundred and ninety thousand mark. I'm selling two-bedroom flats for that right now. Mm -hmm. That's mentally 
So, uh, but then you've got people right now saying, "I'm wanting top dollar for my house two years on," but mm. I secured that house two years <laughs> two years before at a lower yeah. rate. And I'm like, "Well, you know, it, it's great, but then you have to be realistic at the fact that you, you've got that bonus, so you should capitalize on that straight away." Because uh, we did have one before that, it actually said to us, um, and I says, look, "Look, you've got to understand. It's like you've secured and you've got a buyer at your price. Therefore, you bought at that price, and everything's stable." Just because someone else sold at a higher price two years later on, mm-hmm. and you're still to get over the line, it doesn't mean to say you should have got more. It's because at that time it was the right time to make it work for you, and the mm-hmm. numbers worked. So proportionally, you've no lost out. Because yeah. what would have happened is if you had your house in the market right now, you would have been asking for more. But guess what? The one you were about to buy would be asking for significantly more as well. We know that on average, I remember it, the the price realignment was done on some of the people that actually withdrew, and the price of these houses went up by thirty thousand pounds it's madness isn't it and I think that's the thing I mean you asked that question of me and I really do think it is important that we inform people that's that's why we do these shows we, we, we don't do these shows for anything else other than to share information that we we have awareness of to try and allow people in five to to support themselves and and make informed decisions and by sharing the information that we've got it does allow them to see what the true current situation is in the five property market um, and enable them to make that informed decision, Jim, and to make that reality decision rather than what they think it should be versus what the reality of it is. Do you see a practice of overvaluing still? Do we get that? Because I, I mean, I, I had one recently. It's like you know, um, it was one at one where you know one of my colleagues went out to, and they they valued it a certain amount. They showed all the comparables. They said that's the that's the exact amount. There's what it is, and they, the people came back and said, oh, some someone else has said ten thousand more, so I'm just going with them. Okay, I could have just said that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we actually do get that, and we have had examples of that. We've had an, a recent example as well, Jim, in a popular area where we've sold a, a lot of property, um, whereby the seller actually had their own independent survey done and didn't do it as our complete marketing strategy that we have. Yeah. So the independent survey was done, um, and that property took a lot longer to sell. And for us, having that review. It, for us, it definitely was price point, and I think that it had been overvalued in the previous survey. Yeah, because I said in the I said them in the beginning, didn't I? It's like it was it was a wee bit less than that. Yeah. Um, in terms of where I thought it was originally, and you know, lo and behold, that's kind of where it was when we ended up. Um, yeah. So it, it does happen. So just be aware of that out there. Even though you get a home report, there is a practice now and again from estate agents to get a listing because of lack of stock. Um, they're just desperation stakes, so they'll just say anything to get the listen. Um, they get the listen and they tickle your boxes. Fantastic. Um, the general rule of thumb from the corporate world has always been: if you get one for sale board up, you should get two boards off of that, um, and that's how that's what they really want. So they're not particularly bothered about actually getting. They're not actually particularly bothered about getting the listen. They're more bothered about actually getting the board up, so they can actually get two boards off it. And I mean the two boards off it because someone will inquire about that property, especially if you're next to a main road. It's great for advertising for them. So someone will inquire about that property, and if it's a midpoint property, you've got a downsizer, you've got an upsizer. Both of them will possibly have a property to sell, and that's how the estate agent gets a board for either one of them. So that's why they say the rule of thumb is getting two boards off a one board. So the more boards, the more for sale boards that they get up, and the more houses they've got on at that midpoint market, um, they're able to get other people's houses as a result of that because they're first in the door because there's an expectation almost and there's a, you know, sometimes a, sometimes a forcing um, from other agents like, you need to go with me in order to sell your house so you can buy this house. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, 
as a seller, the only guidance we would give, I guess, is that if you have got varying agents coming out and you've got varying offers in regards to what the valuation is, you have to ask yourself, well, which one has demonstrated their knowledge and understanding of what the market is telling you? And have they, evidenced, that, have they evidenced it to you or have they just yeah. come up with a number, <laughs> you know? I like that. Where does that evidence come from? And, and then the other one, the other key one as well, is um, um, how much more than the home report value do you get um, um, over and above uh, the home report value itself um, in monetary work terms and also yes. in percentage terms? And, and that would separate. Classic example is, you know, we know in certain areas, for example, the East Newt, um, most people are getting, or they're crowing about the fact that they're getting between 8 and 9%. But we know ourselves last year, on average, we got 14%. Mm -hmm. So that tells me every single time, if you go another agent, for example, um, and you don't choose us, then you've lost effectively 5% mm -hmm. is because the average is 9 with everybody else. We're 14, 5%. So every 100,000 year valuation, you've probably lost about £5,000 in the end result because you didn't choose us. Mm -hmm. um, that's another way that's another benchmark so it's key here I, I did hear uh, I, I got a reservation from a customer the other day that actually says to me that um, they sell more houses okay that's all very well they maybe sell more houses but how much more do they sell them for it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well I don't know that so well why would you not know that because if they just sold them for home report value yeah everybody can sell a home report a house at the home report value but not everybody else can sell it at more than that or significantly more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the key. That's why that's the main question. It's not how many houses you sell or how much you've done in this area. What is your batting average on terms of what you get more than what the asking price or home report value is? Yeah. That's a key question here. And that one you had mentioned as well, Perry. So, mm -hmm. of course, each five homeowner wants the most for their, for their five home. And this, and you know the estate agent and some prey on other five house sellers. Uh, and uh, And... You might ask, what is the problem with that? Well, you only get one opportunity at hitting the five property market is that with a new property. You only get one chance at this. Everybody has access to the internet, social media, and the main property portals like Rightmove and Zoopla. And your potential buyers, you know, the, will know the property market like the back of their hand. So if you've got a two-bedroom semi-detached that is on the market for the same price as a three-bedroom semi-detached, those five buyers will actually just ignore you. See the yeah. band in there? Yeah. Well, I had this, again, I had this conversation with someone the other day. They had a sitting room upstairs at the very top of their house. And I says, well, look, I would define that as a bedroom because it can be used as a bedroom. And they went, well, why would you do that? I says, well, what's going to happen is there's nowhere on right move, really, it has a search criteria as the number of search, reception rooms or, or Zoopla. Everything's got the search criteria as the number of bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So clearly, you'd want to demonstrate that you have the capacity to have the most bedrooms. Obviously, you've got to have one reception room. That's fine. But you've got to have, you've got to, and then let people decide if they want to use that bedroom as a dining room or as a sitting room. Mm -hmm. But if you define it as, for example, as a five bedroom and a two reception, or you can have a four bedroom and a three reception. But the one, the five bedroom and the four bedroom will appear at the same price point. But one will be a five bedroom, one will be a four bedroom. Uh, and it, it takes a lot of effort and detail for somebody then to realise it's like, oh, but it's got another reception room. Uh, it could be used as a bedroom. Mm -hmm. You've got three tenths of a second to convince someone of that. Yeah, and I think 
I think we totally see that even more so now, Jim, don't we, in regards to the fact that people's um, home life has changed so much in the last two years and we've seen a lot yeah. of people working from home. And when we get people registering with us, they say, well, actually, I'm looking for a minimum of X bedrooms. I don't need that many bedrooms, but I'm thinking about how I would remodel the house for my home office or for my, my gym or for my, yeah, you know, there's the one so many one things. Is a home office. Whereas yeah. if I immediately said to them as a dining room, they'll say, well, could that be used as a home office? Yeah. Um, well, but, but you assume that a bedroom could be used as a home office, no bother, because it's a multi-purpose room, the way it's yeah. defined. Um, so... It, your your Fife property will stick on that market every single time. Potential buyers will see your property on the portals each week. These buyers will then start to believe that there's something wrong with your property and even dismiss it further. Um, that is until your house seller, until you as the house, uh, until you as the house seller actually reduce the price. Um, mm -hmm. The issue here is that sometimes these buyers will think something's wrong with your home and could bid down even further than that price, meaning you'll get less, even though you ask for more. And and this is actually backed up by some research, which was done by which. So it's it's you know it's common it's commonplace that actually that happens. Now, according mm -hmm. to the research by Denton House, the average British house buyer um, only views around six properties before buying. So please don't assume viewers will come around um, your optimistically priced, overvalued <laughs> home, um, thinking that they will knock down your door. Quite the opposite. They just won't view your house or your home in the first place. They won't even inquire. And mm -hmm. at that point, when they're actually looking on our website, we don't even know who they are. And that's the difficulty. So that's mm -hmm. why you have to have the right pricing in the beginning in order to make sure you attract the right people or the right quality of people to get the right person through the door, which will make the right offer. And that's mm -hmm. all down to, well, you know, the two things that we excel in is digital marketing and negotiation. That's yeah. the two things. That's the only reason people buy us. You don't buy us to put your house in the market. You can go to doorsteps and get that done for 99 quid. Mm -hmm. um, you can get on right with Zoopla with doorsteps for 99 quid. So why would you need us? But you will need us because you need the digital marketing strategy and then you also need the negotiation at the end because mm -hmm. I don't know how many house sellers out there are trained negotiators and they know exactly how to negotiate and what to say. And I don't think there's enough there's enough arm's length transaction there when a purchaser and a seller are actually trying to negotiate together. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a there needs to be a middleman or a middle woman in there somewhere, a middle person, whatever, <laughs> whatever you call it. <laughs> Someone in the middle. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Somebody in the middle. Um, but we're only in that type of middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right there because it can get a bit sticky as well. And also a seller can feel quite intimidated if a buyer's trying to do this directly. Um, and we've experienced this before. And it's the same, not just with that. It's also if you're then deciding that you want to sell off market to a, a friend, say. That can yeah. get quite sticky too. Yeah. Here's the key here, though. Quite the opposite. You don't, you just won't view the home in the first place. And you know how we know that. Because I bet you've done exactly the same thing in the first place. <laughs> that you've actually not even entertained it. You've just looked at the price on the internet and you've not even actually lifted the phone or made an inquiry at this stage about the pricing point because it's put you off straight away. And goodbye, they don't know who you are. And that's yeah. exactly what happens if you get things wrong in the first place. You miss key people. That's why sometimes you have a digital marketing strategy. What we do is we retarget people with adverts. So we retarget them, and that captures the data, and therefore we're able to retarget them again. We're able to get in, we're get in front of them again on this, on basically on this, which is that. You know, the, 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 the new television. And I bet you most people are actually watching this on, on this right now or listening to it on this, on your, yeah. on your mobile. 
Um, 80% of your market is sitting on this mobile. Um, and when you're in the middle of your mobile, in the middle of your apps, in the middle of social media, uh, a lot. I heard another person the other day saying, ah, oh, but you only deal with social media. No, 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 we don't. When you're in the middle of your free app, it's not free, by the way, because you're giving away your data as part of that, and we get access to that data. We don't know anything about you, but we get the access to that data. So if you mention you're possibly looking to buy a property in St Andrews or East Nuke or Amsterdam or Pitt and Weem or Leavenmouth or Cooper or Glenothis or Kirkcaldy, if you mention that anywhere in a private conversation with anyone, that data is kept in their system, and therefore they then let us use that as the, their ad reach to get our video right in front of you when you're in the middle of your app. So when you're playing a game and we pop up and go, hello, would you like to see this property? <laughs> That's deliberate because your data suggests to you and your your trends that you're doing and what you're messaging to other people and what you're saying to other people online suggests to the social media channels and the ad reach channel that we get into your apps, uh, they're actually, you're, you're ready to buy in that area. And that's why we'll appear in front of you. Um, that's that's called retargeting technology. And that's what the big corporations like Samsung, Sony, Amazon, all the pension houses, all the, all the huge organizations use. And we use that same technology. Um, I, I could safely say, there is no other estate agent in Fife that actually uses that technology like we do. They have no idea what's going on. Most of them will be watching this right now and go, whoosh, straight over their head. <laughs> I think, I think, and if you are watching this and you want to challenge me on it, then feel free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think you're right in regards to how we do our digital marketing, but I think it's very much as well about the outset. We're talking here about the price point. Um, it's really important that you're realistic with your asking price at the start. But that doesn't mean to say you should underprice it. No. You should, I mean, you know, often you should still come in at the home report because you don't know who's going to see your property in the beginning. So if you mm -hmm. underprice it straight away, then you're almost sending a signal to someone in the beginning that you're prepared to actually accept less. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you don't really want to do that because at, at the beginning when that's done, they were probably prepared to pay more. But you've actually just you've actually just told them possibly you're prepared to take less. It's unconsciously, you've done that, and um, and it's up to your stage to make sure that's negotiated properly to actually keep that price point for you. So mm -hmm. listen to you. I, I talked to the, somebody the other day as well. It's like from the time that we sign up a property, we've got four different strategies before we even get to that point about price. Four different strategies. Guess where every other estate agent starts at? Number four. <laughs> So the three strategies that go beforehand actually are way done, way before in order to make sure it happens. Everybody else starts at number four. Um, so that is all designed to get you the best price possible, hence the reason why the results are far superior than everyone else. And I have proof of that. I'll not put it on because I'll embarrass other estate agents and that. But what we've sold a house right next door to theirs for a proportionally different amount of almost £50,000. And another one was almost £100,000 of a difference within a week. Downstairs wasn't a chuffed light, by the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> they basically lost 100,000 or more in their, in their price. But that's their fault. Because we know that our buyer was actually about to buy theirs and they lost out on it because they said, no, 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 no. They've got an offer they couldn't refuse, but you've not even heard what we were going to offer yet. It was their loss because they came straight to our property a week later and went, that's the price I'm going to offer you. Chiching, 115,000 more. That's where it ended up. There'll be tears tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so 
do that and you'll send your fight. So be realistic with your starting price. That's great. But that again, that's down to us and your estate agent and 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 actually putting trust in them and faith in them that they'll do the right job for you and get you the right price. And um, so do that and you'll send your five property a, to a, a decent price to a decent buyer. Uh, first time, every time, enabling you to move to the next chapter of your life. If you, I mean, if you don't want anyone currently, if you do, if you do know anyone currently selling, then buy feel free to actually just tag them in this post. or The podcast will be on here later on as well, so they could listen to it while they're driving to their work because there is invaluable information and advice there from people in the know that know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and, and, I'm, and and that's you, Perry. I mean, you know exactly what you're talking about, um, and you know, you, you've know you seen it all before as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's just really important that you're realistic. I think it's, it's a, a journey that you're on with someone, isn't it? When you're selling or buying, you're on that journey with them, and it's about managing, it's about understanding their their story, where they're going, what their expectation is. It's then about being honest and truthful with them about how you would achieve what it is that they're looking to achieve. Um, working as smartly as you can as, as a team, and that includes your yeah. buyer or seller, to basically deliver that end result and have that faith in the journey as you go, um, rather than being driven by any one thing, which it can't just all be about a number. It has to be everything else that drives and works around that to get that confidence. And educating them as well in, in regards to how things will work and informing them so that they can make the right decisions. It is about information to make the right decisions, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and let them make their decisions. Um, my my final thoughts on this really is the fact that you know get the right information, get the right advice, and uh, and and make sure it's a strategy you want to follow. And uh, and and if if you're not sure about it, get get a second opinion. Just pick up the phone and just run it by just run it by another stage and just to see what they're thinking. Um, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing that. You're not getting them out. You're not wasting their time. You're just running it by them, see what their thoughts are. Um, you know, message us as well if you're if you're unsure about anything. More than happy to take your questions and answer them. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Thanks yeah. very much for coming on the show. And it's goodbye from her. It's goodbye from him. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye.